Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. Here's my conversation with Tim Street from earlier today, the Director of Communications for the OHSAA. I'm doing good, Justin. Thanks for having me on. That's great to hear, Tim, and thank you again uh, for taking time and hanging out with us. Last Friday, uh, the OHSAA released a football update um, with some changes to the upcoming regular season, and obviously everything is changing day to day, and you guys have uh, adapted to those changes working with Governor DeWine and, and his staff, which we'll talk about here shortly. But a lot of new changes to the way the upcoming season is going to look, including six regular season games. All teams will be uh, playing in the OHSAA playoffs this coming up year. Season still begins the week of August 24th. The playoffs will begin on October 9th. So many moving pieces here. Everything's changing day to day. What kind of went in behind the scenes to the, to this approach um, as far as how this upcoming 2020 high school football season is going to be played and handled? Sure. Well, I tell you, Justin, you're right that things uh, seem like they change almost every day, and it's been a, uh, a very uh, um, uh, amazing and stressful and uh, roller coaster of a summer and, and early fall so far. But uh, we're just keeping our fingers crossed for approval from the governor for our final three fall sports that uh, have been deemed high contact. And of course, football is the, the most prominent of those that people talk about the most. So I'm sure we'll get into that. But, you know, in terms of, um, you know, this past Friday with the uh, announcement of the revamped football season, you know, that did happen very quickly, um, like so many things have happened quickly uh, this summer. Um, we got word uh, late in the week that we were being advised and strongly recommended to shorten the football season. And so when we got that information, uh, very quickly we assembled our board of directors and our staff and began putting these pieces together um, it, it actually was one of these scenarios that uh, you know we have had um, in the file here you know we've had a million different scenarios and options uh, based on what we're permitted to do and so we were able to uh, bring that out and um, you know fine-tune it a little bit and our board of directors uh, voted 9-0 to approve it so it all came down to you know us being uh, being told that we need to shorten the football season if we want a chance of being approved. And we're able to do that quickly. And so far, the positive uh, feedback has been great to see. Um, I think most people realize we did this um, just give our schools um, as good a chance as possible to have a season. And also for those schools that are currently paused, that it gives them a chance to get back in the game uh, midseason. So now the the unique thing about this approach is that even if so every team should get 10 games in this season or will have the opportunity to. So if you play your six regular season games and you get eliminated that first playoff game, if I'm understanding this correctly, they still have the freedom to schedule two more games or three more games or whatever to get to 10? Yep, you're absolutely right. Schools can play up to 10 regular season games. And it's a bit of a unique uh, situation to have that in football where you could get eliminated from the postseason and then still play some games. But our schools will be familiar with that concept because it, it is what currently happens in baseball and softball um, where a lot of schools will continue to play regular season games after 
they potentially get eliminated from the postseason. So, you know, our schools are uh, very flexible. They, they've uh, they've handled this before, um, even going down to the fact that we're not going to use the computer ratings this year, and our coaches in each region are going to get together and seed all the teams in that region. Well, that's what we do in all the other team sports already, so they're used to doing that. All right, we got Tim Street, Senior Director of Communications for the OHSAA. Good enough to join us here this afternoon uh, on the Justin Kinner Show. And, and you alluded to it next. I, I know you're waiting on Governor DeWine's uh, response and approval, uh, but is that, the, I mean, is that the big domino that's standing in your way right now? Is that, is that what is next in this approach as far as the process is concerned? It is, Justin. You're right. And uh, Governor DeWine from day one has uh, been the one who has determined uh, what can uh, move on in Ohio, what what can resume. Um, and he's been great to work with. You know, he's a sports guy. He he gets it. Um, he knows how important extracurricular activities are. So I, I just I keep stressing that, that he certainly wants a season two. And Lieutenant Governor John Husted has been our main point of contact. Uh, he has been great to work with. Um, he really wants sports to happen mm-hmm. this fall. So I think uh, the, the big... Um, you know, use the word domino, I would say the big task in front of all of us is to uh, be able to put a plan in place where um, we feel that it's um, appropriate to move forward with those contact sports. Um, The OHSA certainly believes we should and that we can and that our member schools are ready to do that and and the majority of them want to do that, and and that's where we are too. So, you know, uh, I think... um, the Ohio Department of Health has uh, a lot of information and data that they collect and use to help make their decisions. So it, it is truly a, a team effort, but uh, you know we are certainly hoping to get to that point where all parties are comfortable with allowing our schools to move forward and play games in these contact sports. Tim, it's been interesting looking at how other states have approached uh, their upcoming high school football season this fall. I know in California, uh, they moved their season to the spring, uh, which really got a lot of people's attention. Texas, uh, they pushed their season back a month, at least the last I checked and read. Um, It's interesting seeing the different states approach. How much of that has played a role in your team's decision-making? How much have other states' decisions played a role in your decision-making throughout this process as well? Well, we certainly pay attention to what other states are doing. Um, mm-hmm. Our member schools are aware of this, but for, for all listeners, um, Ohio and every state is a member of the National Federation of High School Associations. So it would be the equivalent of the NCAA to what the conferences are. So we're every state, including Ohio, is a member of the NFHS. And the National Federation sends out guidance, um, um, educational materials, uh, you know, there are no national tournaments that they run, but they are basically um, assisting with each state in terms of running high school sports in that state. Uh, we we work well with the National Federation. We're aware of what other states are doing. Um, I wouldn't say it really helped shape our, um, our plans moving forward um, in terms of what we – um, are permitted or not permitted to do, you know, that, that's controlled by the governor and uh, the Ohio Department of Health. So we're aware of what other states are doing, but, um, you know, I think every state has, has really its own unique circumstances. And uh, I'm sure, you know, you mentioned some of the states that have already made changes. Um, I think they have to do what's right for their state. 
Um, and in Ohio, we want to move forward and play all of our fall sports this fall. Um, I think the Federation supports that, to be honest with you. I, I think that in the materials that um, the uh, executive director and the National Federation has put out there, they just keep on stressing over and over again how important extracurricular activities are to the overall health. And by health, I mean mental, social, emotional, physical, all those things, how important that is to students. Tim, yesterday, obviously, so much attention being given to the Big Ten in Ohio State as so many reports began circulating that the Big Ten commissioner was about to announce that they were going to pull the plug on the 2020 college football season, at least from the Big Ten's perspective, which obviously impacts the Ohio State Buckeyes. And it, it got brought up on numerous occasions uh, from different callers yesterday and from listeners, and even Kevin myself debated this about the perception of if the Buckeyes do not play in 2020, how can high school football players play in 2020? If it's too dangerous for the Ohio State Buckeyes to play during a pandemic, how can we have these high school kids play? And I guess the question I have is, is I know they're totally separate entities, but I think it's a perception question. Does the perception of Ohio State not playing in 2020, if that happens, does that perception impact you and your team's decision-making moving forward? Well, it really does not, and uh, I've tried to stress this a few times here in the last 24 hours, and <clears throat> we'll continue to do so, <clears throat> but, you know, the college level is, is so much different than the high school level. You know, at, at a college, let, let's take Ohio State, for example, they have uh, students and student-athletes coming to that huge campus from all over the country, and, and some of our colleges in the country have, of course, international student-athletes coming from all over the world. So you have all those uh, students from all over the country coming to a large city, um, to a large campus. They're living together, um, and that that certainly is a hugely different dynamic than what we have at the local level at our high schools. So that's number one. Number two, what's different is, you know, when Ohio State plays a game or any Division One college plays a game, the travel involved is so much different than what we have at the high school level. You know, at Ohio State for most of their games, they're going to get on a plane and fly somewhere, or they're going to bus for three or four hours to get there, uh, That and, and across multiple states. You know, that is such a different dynamic than what we have at the high school level. So we think those two things in particular make college football so much different than high school football. Um, obviously, at the college level, when they leave the, the facility uh, or the practice uh, area, they're going to go live in their apartments. They're living with other people. They're they're certainly have that dynamic involved um, at the high school level you know kids leave practice they go home and that that's so much of a different and and, and in many ways safer dynamic than what is existing at the college level and uh, you know we've said it all summer and we continue to say it that we can't think of a better or safer place for student athletes to be than at school with their teammates and with their coaches. We, we think that our high school coaches in Ohio um, are some of the best in the country, and uh, if there's anyone that's going to be able to move us forward and have a football season, it is our Ohio football coaches. All right, Tim Street, senior director with the OH, senior director of communications with the OHSA. Good enough to take time out of his busy uh, day during this time to hang out with us a little bit. Tim, I want to send you out with this. Um, obviously, during this time, you are not going to make 
anybody. You're not going to make everyone happy at one time. You're, you're always going to have pockets of people who are upset and critical and pockets of people who are happy. I think that's just the nature of everything going on right now. Um, but one thing that has come up many times has been what is the what is the exact role of the OHSAA as far as in regards to the what decisions you can make on behalf of schools? Where is the line in the sand? Like, what what decisions are you allowed to make on behalf of schools as far as being a governing body of all Ohio high school uh, athletics? Yeah, great question. I tell you, that's uh, been brought into the spotlight a lot this summer, even back to last March, and it'll continue to be so. Um, I'll give you the real quick answer, Justin, but then take this if you want to go down a different direction. But mm-hmm. um, first and foremost, uh, the OHSA is a private association. Uh, we're a nonprofit. Um, our, our schools are volunteer members. Uh, they don't have to be a member of the OHSA. In fact, there are high schools and, and secondary schools here in Ohio that are not members. Most people would realize that most high schools are a member because um, they want to be in, in the official postseason tournament. Uh, but not all are members. Um, but they're, they're volunteer members. They don't pay membership dues. Uh, the OHSA establishes the playing dates, when the season starts, when it ends. We coordinate the tournaments. And then also we are the governing body for the bylaws that our member schools vote into place. Our member schools determine the Constitution and the bylaws, and then the OHSA staff is charged with enforcing those bylaws. So that's really our role. You know, when um, when uh, on March 10th, uh, let's go back to that Tuesday, mm-hmm. we were getting ready for our girls' basketball and wrestling state tournaments, and uh, Governor DeWine said, you, you can have them, but you have to greatly reduce fans, just, just families. Well, we had to do that then. Uh, that's just one example. Another common example is that in um, late April, Governor DeWine announced that our school campuses and our, our school facilities would remain closed throughout the rest of the school year. Well, if that's the case, then we cannot have high school sports. So, you know, the governor and the Ohio Department of Health are way above, the, I guess if you want to use the phrase, the power level. Um, uh, they're, they're so much uh, higher than the OHSA. We're, we're, a, we're a private nonprofit. Um, our schools are volunteer members. Uh, so it's definitely a different dynamic than what um, what you have in some other areas. For example, the Ohio Department of Health, obviously that's a state agency. Um, a lot of people think that we're a part of the Ohio Department of Education, um, but we are not. We're, we're our own uh, small office here, and we're going to do the best we can to, to run the tournaments and help enforce the bylaws that the schools put in place. All right. Well, good stuff. Tim, thank you uh, so much for taking time and just kind of bringing some clarity to a lot of the behind the scenes stuff. I know this isn't an easy time. Anytime I have someone on the show right now that is in a decision making role or within a team of decision makers, I always say I don't envy you right now. <laughs> I know your job's very rewarding, but I, I don't envy you right now uh, as far as being in this situation. But uh, I know you and your team are more than capable of doing this and you're doing a great job. And I know a lot of people are just excited to hopefully get to see. Not